They were the heroes from the future. Teenagers protecting the universe from those that would sow the seeds of chaos. Each had unique powers and abilities. And though they often had their differences, they came together to save the day as the Legion of Superheroes. Now you can be a part of their adventures and learn the history of the future in the Legion Clubhouse. Have you noticed how many of the Legionnaires wear pink? Uh, I guess I haven't really given it much thought, only because paper fades over time, so they could all be wearing red. <laughs> no. And it just has faded. We got They're Cosmic Boy. Pink. Right. Saturn Girl wears a, a red, pink, kind of a scarlet pink costume. And of course, we need a new hero in this episode who is wearing hot pink. Hot pink and white, which actually looks pretty phenomenal. Adventure Comics number 307. The Secret Power of the Mystery Superhero. Published April 1963. Written by Edmund Hamilton with art by John Forte. What is the terrible secret of Mystery Lad? And what does he have to do with the space pirate Roxas? I have no idea how to pronounce that. Matthew, we have bikers from outer space. <laughs> That's how I fell for the leader of the space pack. Uh, the space, the space pirate guys, the space motorcycle gang, mm -hmm. is led by a guy called Roxas or Roshas, if you want to go with an alternate uh, pronunciation. People say Roshas, but I look at that and I'm like Roxas, you know, like yeah, like Roxon. You know, you got the Roxon Corporation. Roxon, yeah. Roxoff. <laughs> um, what's interesting when done is properly is no defense. This is his first appearance, but it is his not his last appearance. I think at this point. We've got writers like uh, Edmund Hamilton who uh, are sitting around going, you know what? These characters may have a life uh, going forward in the future. And um, Roxas uh, does appear at least four more times in yes. Legion history. Yes, Roxas appears in uh, a, actually a very important element lad issue way down the line. Um, under Mike Grell and, uh, I don't remember who would be writing at that point, but also if you get further down the line, the disavowed volume four timeline, the five years later Legion of superheroes, mm -hmm. he's one of the major players in that. And in fact, murders one of my favorite Legionnaires in that story, which is almost as tragic as his terrible things he does in this issue. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty bad dude overall. I mean, the, yeah. he and his motorcycle gang are out looking for someone. And I think they're just like, hey, there's a planet up ahead. Let's see if the thing that we're looking for is there. And if not, let's just steal everything. Attack! And then they come screaming down out of the sky. I love the panel where they're... Yeah, where they're just nosediving. And of course, they, they call in the Legion of Superheroes to come in and uh, help them. But because of... Um, who is it? Saturn Girl? No, not Saturn Girl. Um, because they're still down lightning lad, mm -hmm. they say, well, um, we've got a whole bunch of legionnaires who are off planet doing other missions. We should have a, uh, a, a tryout session, tryout which time. apparently, you know, they're having tryouts every other week. I think at this point we can pretty much get away with moving away from this idea that legion tryouts only happen once a year and yes, move into the legion tryouts happen when they need to happen. Whenever they want them. And very importantly, mm -hmm. uh, the death of 
Lightning Lad in, uh, was it last issue, 306? Wow, it seems like months ago. The death of Lightning Lad puts them down to 16 members, Mm. which is, you know, two or three times, in some cases, four times as many members as your average superhero team. Right. But, you know, 16 is too few for the Legion, so they got to call in guys like Green Boy. Yeah, what does Green Boy do? Well, he turns everything nearby him green. Which, you know, would be good for camouflage. Or if you were trying to, uh, you know, if uh, you wanted to show off uh, your neighbors that you had the greenest lawn, you would invite this guy over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be good. You also have, uh, you also have camera eye. Camera eye can project any event he's ever seen. But the reason for rejecting him mm-hmm. may be the best reason ever. Sorry, Sorry, the courts won't allow such photos to be used at a trial. Yeah, no, I mean, that's kind of cool, right? That, I mean, that is kind of cool. It's it's a little bit flippant on the mm-hmm. part of Cosmic Boy, because mm-hmm. I can think of reasons why Camera Eye could be just as useful as Matter Eater Lad or Bouncing Boy. Oh, sure. And especially if it's... You know, if he is sitting there, I mean, he could be your living record. I mean, he's somebody that has yeah. a photographic memory, literally. Yeah. And this is very important. Last issue, we ran into one new conspiracy amongst the Legion. It's not the last one. It's not even the last 53rd, 52nd. You know, there will be many, many more conspiracy moments. And, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened where camera eye could be, well, right here, you see the time trapper in the background, which may be the real reason that they rejected him. He killed too many plot hooks. The the weird thing that bothers me, though, is because they have these unannounced tryouts, it's not like it's like, hey, we've got a month, uh, send the messages around to the United uh, Planets and tell them that we're having tryouts. I can just imagine that there are these kids just hanging around the clubhouse all the time, hanging around outside, like weird groupies. And vagrants just waiting for their chance to be called in. And I think that we we've actually seen that a little bit with uh, the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Well, and Um, yeah, I was also going to say, I thought during Mark Wade's second run on the The Legion three Legion. Yeah, they basically had groupies all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Volume five, rather. Right. Wow. That's a long time from now. I know. Right. We'll get there eventually. Uh, but the third person that we get to see try out uh, in this issue is a kid whose powers are so mysterious that he will never reveal them to anyone. And thus, that's why you have to <laughs> to let him into the club. And he goes, OK, all right, I'll let Saturn girl know, but I can't <laughs> let anyone else know. And they go yep. into a room together and she's like, oh, my, he's amazing when she comes out. <laughs> Steven. And then they sign him up. They're like, well, if Saturn girl vouches for him, I guess we will too. And they all mount up on their motorcycle sleds and go <laughs> rocketing into space. They name him mystery lad. We don't know what his powers, his powers are or do we? His powers are looking like a Campbell soup kid. I like that. You know, when we get introduced to these mysteries, which we pretty much hit every, every time. And I've mentioned this before. I do like the fact that we are given all the clues and then we have to figure it out ourselves. Yeah. Kind of an Ellery queen feel to the stories and Mm -hmm. usually, but not always, but I would say a majority of the time Hamilton, especially, but the Legion writers do play fair with us. 
mm-hmm. they show us clues. They show us moments to explain what may be going on rather than go, oh, well, you didn't see this moment. Right, right. They never you know, do that. They always put is, it there on panel so that it's 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 clear. I think I'm going to get I, I'm, I'm just I'm mesmerized by uh, Roxas's beard. I think I want to grow a beard like that. I'm not sure it's possible. To it's like a beard. weird pointy out beard. That's a weird ass beard. That's all I can say. So they go to the first planet, which is a water planet and everyone mm-hmm. lives on giant pontoons. And as the bad I, guys are attacking, one of the bad guys comes at mystery lad with a sharp spear, but it crumples against his chest. And, um, bouncing boy is like, Oh, he must have invulnerability. It's important to remember, though, that Bouncy is an idiot because right. I've said that a many times. <laughs> a legionnaire must have a unique power. And if invulnerability is his secret power, that's not unique. That's right. shared with Superman, four, Superboy, five, Supergirl, Bonnell, uh, yeah. Ultra Boy, Invincible Boy. Oh, wait. Invincible Boy. Yeah, you're thinking of a different movie. <laughs> Bruce so, Willis. <laughs> The bad guys do get away and everyone is too busy trying to um, keep the city from sinking to pursue them. Which is admirable on the Legion's part. I mean, Cosmic Boy uses his magnetism to lift a whole city. That's pretty powerful. That is really powerful. And of course, we get probably, I think, the first actual screen time for Invisible Kid. Well, I was... Yeah, I was going to say, I think this is the first time we've ever seen in a real fight. We've ever seen Bouncing Boy and the Invisible Kid at the same time. And Invisible Kid immediately shows himself to be an idiot by going, oh, I forgot to turn visible again. Well, you know, maybe on his planet, it's not such a big deal to be visible or invisible. Steven, Invisible Kid is from Earth. Well, you know, some people don't know the difference between invisible and transparent, so... Right. Also um, interesting, yes. we, we mentioned this in a previous issue. He popped up for a panel wearing yellow instead of the usual brown and green. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He wears yellow all the way through this issue. Well, you know, he's trying to work out his style, right? Yeah. It's like your Blue Brainiac 5 thing that bothered you. No, I, I, I no, that's something totally different. <laughs> no, it's, it's the same thing. You were bothered by Blue Brainiacs. I'm bothered by Yellow Invisible Kids. What I can't remember was his first appearance. Did he have the brown going on or was he just all green and yellow? He first appeared with Supergirl and Brainiac 5, which I want to say was Action 267. Mm-hmm. And he was wearing brown and green hmm. there. Okay. Or at least now I don't remember if my Action 267, I don't remember if the one we read was an original or a reprint. Yeah. Some are. Some are. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he's, uh, I can understand again, the coloring issue is a bit of a pain, but, uh, we'll, we'll push through it, but point it out to our listeners when we see it. Yeah. Yellow invisible kids, you guys. Yeah. So next they go and follow the evil biker gang to a, um, a dead planet. And there on the dead planet are all these crocodile statues. Was a bloody, no, sorry. Made out of silver. Yes. Silver crocodiles. Strange alien silver crocodiles. Which is, again, trippy and weird, and I want to see more of this. 
And immediately when one of the statues is thrown or knocked over by the Raiders, Mystery Lad once again leaps into action and grabs it and pushes it away, making Cosmic Boy think his power must be super strength. Hmm. Interesting thing, though, as we talk about color, because color does play an important role in this issue. When we first see these alligator statues, they're green. But when Mystery Boy is pushing it out of the way, it turns white. And when we saw the spear come at him and his chest, it was kind of a a, a lead color. And then it turns into kind of a, a whitish color when it strikes his chest. Hmm. Maybe he's color absorbing boy. And no, that, that is. <laughs> no, that's. That's Uluvac. He shows up later down the line. Okay. They call him Color Kid. They capture some of the bad guys. They do. But Roxas gets away. And I got to say, Matthew, there's as much as they try to put cool science and cool things inside of our comic books. Mm -hmm. How the solar system works is still a great mystery to our writers. (laughs) Yes, um, that they really do try for science fiction, but it's 1963 and science fiction in 1963 still takes some liberties. And of course, comic book science fiction is the shorthand version of that. So there's a, a, a twin star system that they are chasing Roxas to. And as the Legion are flying between the two suns, Roxas right. throws an asteroid at them. Um, and they can't get out of the way because they'll run into the suns by accident. Again, millions (laughs) upon millions, millions (laughs) upon millions of miles between these suns. These suns are actually the size of a small pony. Um, and really, really densely packed is, is how it works. I suppose. But once again, mystery lad jets ahead and he turns it in what? Not invisible, but he turns it into he some kind of vaporizes it. He turns it into a harmless gas. Yeah. And then we get to see some thought balloons and we realize that Roxas and his gang are out looking for mystery lad and he leaves them a secret message and goes on ahead. He's willing to sacrifice himself for the betterment of the Legion, which once again is a, is a really cool concept where here are these teenagers that are willing to sacrifice themselves for yep. their team members. And it's especially interesting to see, you know, in Jan's first appearance, that just that, that caring, that expectation that these are my new friends, but I have to leave them forever. I have to desert the team because otherwise I could put them in trouble, put them in mm-hmm. danger. Mm-hmm. And that actually becomes, you know, part of the character over the next 30 years too. He's, he's thoughtful. He's spiritual he worries about the people around him and you know once he becomes legion leader 25 years down the line that actually becomes a key part of the way he leads the legion yeah now you kind of spoiled a little bit here with jan era by saying his name and that he'll be a leader i mean we've just seen him leave the legion they told uh, us his name was jan yes uh yeah but i mean people reading this for the first time may not know who he really is, but he gets aboard. He gets taken aboard the Roxa Roxas Roxas's, uh, the, the air, Roxas mobile. <laughs> yeah. The Roxas mobile, which looks like a giant cigar shape. Oh, wait a minute. A cigar shaped flying saucer. <gasps> Sometimes a blimp is just a blimp. Maybe, but, uh, he comes up, uh, Roxas comes up with his plan where everyone else will leave their space helmets on except for Jan, because Roxas knows that, Hey, 
you're just going to do something to the whole of this ship. And if all the material is changed, then guess what? Uh, you'll die and we'll live. And then we get the backstory of, of what really is going on with um, Mystery Lad. He comes from a planet where everyone can change objects into other elements. So if you've got a big, heavy leaden chair, you can change it to lightweight aluminum. Or yep. if you want some gold, you just, you know, change whatever's around you into gold. Yep. Although I do like that they make a point of showing us a little baby turning something to gold and his mother going, no, no, gold is soft and useless. Use your power only for useful things. Right. And it really shows and, that the people of this planet are not greedy. Right. It's, you know, it's the future. They don't have money in the future. The other problem, though, is there aren't too many people of Jan's kind on this planet, because when the uh, Roxas Raiders come uh, arriving on the planet, they accidentally kill everyone. They kill like eight yes. people. And then Roxas is like, you fool, you've killed the entire population of this planet. So not only is Roxas just this greedy pirate, he's also someone responsible for uh, Al genocide. Almost a genocide. Yeah. Which makes him by definition, I think one of the most terrible Legion member or Legion villains rather, because he actually followed through on something terrible. A lot of these guys mm -hmm. make make the whole I'm more Drew and I'll destroy everything. And then, you know, you end up in a box at the end of the episode. Yeah. In his first appearance, Roxas is really terrible. Well, it's it's also unclear whether Roxas just wants Mystery Lad for his element changing power so they can be rich or if there's something else that he wants him for. He wants uranium to make doomsday oh, bombs. Oh, doomsday bombs. Well, that'll never last. And of course, Jan sacrifices himself, disrupts the whole, the um, Legion are able to come in and save the day. And then everyone's, and then that's when Saturn Girl reveals, oh, you know, his power isn't invulnerability and his power isn't super strength. He can change anything from one element into another element. And you saw that. Here are the pictures to prove it. And that's how he, you know, why the items changed color. Mm -hmm. They were changing into different elemental states. And then we discover that Jan's not even dead. What? Nope. Because he's not the only one with a few secrets. Invisible Kid has actually followed along when Mystery Lad took off. And Invisible Kid stuck a bubble on Mystery Lad's head to save him. So that yeah. he didn't die horribly in space. Which yeah, was that nice. was nice. They just had a legionnaire die. I know. If it's like if you try to do that twice in a, in a, in I don't know six months, people are going to be really really upset about that. Yeah. So it's probably a good thing that Jan didn't die. But come on, Matthew, Mystery Lad, you can't have a legionnaire named Mystery Lad. Of course not. They dubbed him Element Lad. Element Lad. From the and now you know. The well, rest. We don't know all of the rest okay. of the story because this planet that, that Jan is from, it never gets a name. You in know, the, the cool thing is in the, in the last issue, when we were introduced to characters, they're like, here's so-and-so from the planet blah, and here's the kid and the blah. And, and we never find out in this, this issue where Jan's homeworld is. That's true. Jan's homeworld is, and I haven't done a really heavy duty search Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at this and I believe it may not be revealed for like another 10 years mm. that Jan actually comes from the planet Trom. Trom, you say. And 
interestingly, uh-huh. Trom is uh, my favorite Disney movie. But no, that's Tron uh, with an Trom, N. Trom, uh, because later on, and again, I don't want to get too far into this. The the loss of the Tromians, the loss of the Tromites, Trometers, Trom Trombones. I don't know. It's a, loss, it's a big trauma, regardless. Exactly. The loss of the trombones actually becomes very important to his character in ways that even it isn't to Superboy, who also Superboy, you'll know, lost notice lost his planet Mm -hmm. except for three whole cities. Everybody who was bad, a monkey, a cat, a dog, his cousin, his aunt and (laughs) uncle. No, the horse actually. Oh, that's came right. From her. Yeah, somebody else who changed into yes, a horse. Right. The the horse is actually a guy who turns into a centaur. Yes. Who turns into a maybe he's a horse who turns into a centaur who turns into a guy. In any case, Trominians are dead, and Jan right. is sad. Jan is very sad, and it becomes part of his life further on down the line. At one point, he actually returns to Trom and becomes the keeper of the Tromians mm-hmm. and goes around transforming every Tromian corpse into a crystalline uh, memorial hmm. for his people. That's really weird. It is kind of interesting. Hmm. So it's an interesting issue in that we get Element Lad joining the team mm-hmm. and um, uh, Roxas is a horrible person. Roxas is terrible. Roxas may be the worst Legion villain and you know, two episodes ago, we had Zarion who actually killed the Legionnaire. Right. And I'm still putting Roxas above him. I, I would too. Last episode, we talked about reading those letters pages. And that's how we got Polar Boy's name. Yes. I was reading... <laughs> I was reading the letters page, and this is something that's like tale of as old as time. Uh, we get from uh, Russell in Kentucky. He says in in three hundred five in the Legion story, you have Monel saying, "I'll find a means of restoring Lightning Lad to life again." Now, don't get me wrong; I think Lightning Lad was a great character, but I do not think that he should be restored to life. In comic books, we are all used to seeing heroes who can fly, repel bullets read minds, and so on. However, no character, fictional or not, should be given the power of the Almighty to give or restore life. People like to use their imagination to an extent, but bringing a dead person back to life would be too much of a shock, and your magazine would lose much of its believability. That's So even in 1963, people are like, why are you trying to return a character to life? Dead should be dead. Uh, yeah, and this is actually an early example of a character whose death gets could possibly get reversed. I'm not saying it does or doesn't at this point in time. Well, but we've, yeah, got, I, we've got another issue still to go here. <laughs> shh, don't tell everybody. But yeah, I, I, I kind of I'm interested in the fact that, first of all, he makes a, a compelling argument up to the point that he explains that the comic book about the space teens with their flying rings would be a friend to God. Its, would, no, would lose its believability. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about a book where 10 issues ago, we had a horse, a cat, a dog, and a monkey fighting floating brain globes. Okay. Yeah. Believability may not be one of the things you have to worry about in a Legion of Superhero story circa 1963 is what I'm saying. I just find it interesting that we are what, uh, just a few years away from Ben, um, 
Ben's death, Uncle Ben's death. Yeah. And about, actually, if this is 63, mm-hmm. it's the same year, same year as Amazing Fantasy number 15. Yeah. And so it's it's fascinating that even back in the 60s, people are still having the same argument that people today are having about whether Wolverine should come back to life or whether, you know, uh, Uncle Ben should be coming back to life or um, uh, uh, Jason Todd should become should be allowed to come back to life. It's just one of these things Jason that Todd is super come back as Uncle Ben. Yeah, there you go. It, it's just a super cyclical thing. And people think that it's a new argument, but it's an argument that's been around since the early days of comics. Here's what the here's what the editor said. Your point, while interesting, is highly controversial, and we would prefer hearing from our readers on this delicate subject, pro or con. However, for the record, may we point out that we once published a story in Action Comics where Luthor died and was brought back to life by Supergirl. Readers declared this story a great hit and no one was offended. Thank you for your input. It will be promptly ignored, is what the editor had to say there. If you enjoy the show, we would appreciate your support. You can find out more and become a Legion Clubhouse member at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Adventure Comics number 308. The Return of Lightning Lad. Published May 1963. Written by Edmund Hamilton with art by John Forte. A fallen legionnaire returns from beyond the grave. But is he what he seems? It's kind of interesting that, that I read that uh, letters column, Matthew, because the title of this issue, The Return of Lightning Lad. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, hey, guess who's back? Um, is it you and me in another segment of this episode? Whoa, that's a good <laughs> guess, but no. Oh, who's back? Oh, maybe the title of this, this, uh, issue, the return of lightning lad gives us a hint. I think it does. The return of lightning lad is obviously about cosmic boy. Is it? No. Okay. Is it really? I'm pretty sure it's about the return of lightning lad. And the interesting thing is one day while Monel and Saturn girl are off planet, the rest of the Legionnaires go down to put on this uh, this um, flag to cover the glass coffin because it's kind of creepy going in and looking at a dead teenager every day. Can, can we just take a moment to talk about the hideousness that is the official flag of God, the Legion of Superheroes? That is an ugly flag. It's a big letter L, yellow L with red outlining. So you probably have some red piping around that. And then your mm-hmm. background is a little kid's version of the planet Saturn. Mm-hmm. A comet flying by, another version of Saturn, and then a bunch of little circles in different colors scattered around. With oh, and then I forgot it's got yeah. all the frilly bits around the edge of the flag. Yes, because no flag is complete without, you know, faux fur. But yes, it the kids in the future, and granted, you know, their fashions aren't all that bad. I would wear Monel's jacket now. So I can't complain too much. But yeah, that flag is I believe the term that the children use today is fugly. Yeah. Oh, no, it's it's really horrible. But (laughs) maybe the flag has magical powers, Matthew, because the flag is so ugly that as they are draping it over the glass coffin, Lightning Boy's arm moves up to brush it away, like, get it away, get it away. And, of course, this Uh, freaks uh, out. 
It is. This freaks out young um, a bouncing boy who's like, well, I think I saw his hand move. Why does bouncing boy talk like that for you? Because he's an idiot. <laughs> That's just mean. The thing bouncing is, bouncing boy has a deep, rich voice. <laughs> the thing oh, is, I'm they get the glass coffin off of him, and they're they're thinking, oh, all this lightning, these this uh, Tesla coils that we've had shooting electricity back and forth over his co- uh, corpse must have revived him. <laughs> In his airtight coffin, for the last two months. But the lightning did the trick. But yes, lightning lad sits up and says, what happened? Where am I? And then they're like, um, you kind of died, came back. A lot of people are upset about it. There was even a letters column where some kid wrote in and really complained about it. So (laughs) this is really controversial that you're sitting here now alive, arisen in three issues later. Your death like coma. (laughs) <laughs> was actually not the same thing as death. It was a death-like coma. And those are important in comics because if you don't have those, 50% of the comics written before 1970 don't make any sense. So Cosmic Boy and Sun Boy are not sure whether Lightning Lad has his powers. And so we get this really weird flashback to the time that Lightning Lad got his powers around these weird horses with uh, uh, party hats on their heads. Yes, and already wearing his Legion costume, I might add. For some reason, when I hit this page, I'm like, I thought this was, I thought he was around some Electro Beasts, and that's how he got his powers, not these things. These are the Lightning Beasts of Korbal, or at least that's how they look now. The last time we saw them, they looked completely different. They had three eyes and trunks. That's what I thought, and I was like... Why are they suddenly horses with weird, you know, electrostatic discharge columns on their heads? Well, there's something important that's also missing uh, from this particular origin story. What's that? The last time we heard it, it had his big brother, Lightning Lord, in it as well. So oh this gosh. is the the second time we've seen this story. The creatures have gone from uh, lizard Cthulhu's mm-hmm. to, I'm going to go with... Uh, maybe camel Daleks is what they are. Yeah. I guess that's the closest thing you can, you can call them. I mean, they're all wearing snazzy jackets too, which is also disturbing. Well, you know, you got to wear a snazzy jacket. And here I thought that, uh, we also thought that lightning lad was from Corbel, but, uh, he actually crash landed there because it was a planet that no one was supposed to go to. That's correct. It's a terrible place. You can never go there because it's wild and the monsters have lightning coming from the Daleks on their heads. But Cosmic Boy worries that while he was in that long coma, and once again, they do not specify how long he was in his coma, but they say long coma. Well, you know, if we go by the rule that there's uh, annual tryouts for the Legion, it's been two years. It cannot have been two years with no food, oxygen, or water. Now, it has been two months of comics. I would say two months. Maybe. So I'd be willing to go with a couple of weeks. I, I would go with max two months, minimum three weeks. Yeah. We don't know how alien physiology works. I mean, he may not even eat. We've never seen him eat food. We've never seen him drink water. And you would think someone with electricity powers would not want to be around water at all. 
but he has perfect control of his electricity powers. And plus, he he's just leap up off the ground. He'll be grounded or he won't be grounded because comic book physics. When you've been dead for three weeks, do your powers even still work? Well, they certainly don't seem to. And Sun Boy and Cosmic Boy are absolutely certain by incredibly strange uh, secondary expectations that they don't and that he doesn't have any powers. And that they will have to expel him from the Legion. Oh, that would just shatter him if that happened. Right. Which is why Sunboy, being sweet and good and kind, decides he's going to protect Lightning Lad from expulsion by lying to his cohorts constantly. He, he spends the rest of the issue covering for the fact that he expects Lightning Lad to have no powers. Yeah. Sunboy has been faking all of Lightning Lad's power so he can stay in the group. And so he gets... Uh, sent on a mission with Cosmic Boy, Sun Boy, Bouncing Boy, Chameleon Boy, and Lightning Lad all go to a planetoid where something is amiss. Something terrible is amiss. It's a desolate planetoid, but it's being attacked by ships that are unaffected by magnets or bouncing or shape-shifting or sun. That's weird. Only Lightning Lad can save the day. And his powers do work. Of course they work. They've worked all this time. Sure they do. Sure they do, son boy. Faking powers. Well, I did say that there was some misdirection going on. Yes. Because Miss it's being the operative word here. Because it's revealed that, oh no, this isn't Lightning Lad. No. This is his twin sister. Yep. And the, the, the dead giveaway was, first of all, Sunboy noticed that uh, when Lightning Lad got up from the ca- uh, coffin, that the back of his neck was not tanned at all, indicating that his hair might have been longer. Right. And also, he noticed that he suddenly had no Adam's apple. Which, you know, that's pretty much dead giveaway. I will, <laughs> I'll grant them this. They really tried to explain the biological differences between boys and girls <laughs> without actually. Your trunks are cut a little different now, uh, the lightning right. lad. What's going on with that? I, and I'm not saying that, uh, you know, the art of John Fort is such that this would be ridiculously obvious. But you would think that there are other characteristics that would identify that this is lightning lass and not lightning lad. I mean, just the shape of her jaw is completely different when we actually see her as herself at the end of these the issue. But yeah, I I will give them credit for 1963 when you can't say the S word mm-hmm. and you can't reference uh, the, the the mammary region of a of a female body. Right. Yeah, they did what they could. They did what they could. So think about Hillary Swank. She was in that movie Boys Don't Cry. And she was able to pass for a boy in that movie. That's true. I think my biggest problem with this is not the question of whether she could be a boy or not pretend to be a boy. It's the fact that because uh, Lightning Lad and Lightning Lass Garth and Ayla are different genders, they are in fact fraternal and not identical twins. Right. Yeah. So they could look different. Well, sure. And this but is the again, thing. The fraternal, Lad, fraternal twins actually come from two different eggs. Right. So, you know, they have the same parentage, which makes sense. But 
Yeah, I I don't know. They, they will share some similarities. Uh, I remember a, a friend of ours in college or a friend of mine in college. Uh, she was a, a fraternal uh, twin with her brother, and they did look quite a bit alike. Now, he was taller than she was. But right. if you just looked at both of their faces, they were spot on with one another. Now, granted, you could tell one was a girl, one was a guy, but shape of the eye, shape of the jaw, shape of the nose, shape of the mouth, all that stuff. Very much alike. And of course, Lightning Lad has been lying dead in a coffin for two years. So, you know, some things can shift around. Two years. That's what you're going with. I don't know. I mean, we've pretty much thrown out the fact that the Legion does not need to do annual tryouts. But if they were still sticking with that, if they were still sticking with that, we've seen two tryouts occur since the death of Lightning Lad, which would be two years. And okay, so it is the 30th century. It's the year 3963 or 2963, whatever it is. One can presume that that glass coffin may actually have some sort of mechanism in it that would preserve the tissue of the person inside. They did it with linen. That's very true. So but, here's the, uh, okay. here's the, I'll here's, give you three weeks. Here's the important thing. Mm-hmm. We get yet another retelling of this origin story. We do two in the same issue. And this one <laughs> reveals that Garth did have a sibling with him, but not the same sibling that he had the last time. Well, the time before the last time that we saw his origin. So, on Corball, he was there, ship crashed, they thought the battery was dead, they tried to trick the lightning beast into lighting up the battery, they got lightning powers, but his sister was with him and was also caught in the lightning blast. Yeah, so now we have Lightning Lad, Lightning Lass, since Lightning Lad is still dead, what did she do with the body? Uh, lightning Lass oh. has been asked to join the Legion in his place. She took his body to the secret lightning world, which no one ever visits. Duh. Oh, okay. Where lightning can strike over his body for Forever. eternity. There's another important thing that happens in here. And this is, this is actually a very, very big, important part. Not only do we have lightning last join this team and pretend to be her brother. We get the introduction of chameleon boys, best friend, Prody. Mm-hmm. How does this come well, about? Well, they show up on one of the criminal alien planets and they find that they have stolen creatures from the planetary zoo. And we see all these bizarre creatures. And one of them is a shapeless little blob, which immediately turns into a perfect copy of Chameleon Boy. It's a legendary protean beast of Antares, Stephen. Mm, I wonder if Prody. So Prody is a shapeshifter. Brody is a shapeshifter. Kind of like Chameleon Boy. Kind of like Chameleon Boy. Not from the same planet, though. No, he's from Antares 2. Uh, Chameleon Boy is from Durla. So I wonder if Prody is going to serve an important role going forward. Hmm. Hmm. I mean. I wonder. There's no possible way we could know because these comics come out monthly and that's, oh, that could be Four, let's say four issues from now yeah. before anything like that would happen. But interestingly, and this is fascinating to me, remember, all of these creatures were stolen from the zoo by criminals, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Legion recovers them and decides to keep one. Well, I mean, pet. let's let's face it. 
if you discovered an overturned semi of um, of animals from the zoo on the highway, you freakies. know, like you do, and like you and you are putting all the animals back in their cages, and you just happen upon a cute little lemur, you'd probably tuck it away in your jacket and just say, "I don't know what happened to the lemur. He's probably running around somewhere." I will call this thing in my pocket, not a lemur. Lemmy. Yes. And we will be best friends forever. And I'll hug him and feed him and call him George. Oh, I will pat him and love him. See, it's bouncing boy. Um, No, that is not how bouncing boy, bouncing boy talks like Rick D's. So here's the thing. This is this, this issue 308 is another one of what I would consider those big important moments in Legion history, in Legion storytelling. The death of Lightning Lad was a big story. Yep. This one, the introduction of Lightning Lass and the ongoing lament of the loss of Lightning Lad is really big. But the inclusion of Prody and Lightning Lass together make this a super, super important issue because as they're starting to build this continuity of stories, this issue becomes a key chapter in what's coming up in a couple of issues from now. Yes, this is an issue that not only makes it seem like Lightning Lad can't come back, it makes it possible for something to happen that may actually mean that he could, which I think is kind of a double subversion. And I don't know if at the point this was written, they had a plan for what might come later. I, I don't know. I mean, I, you th- read these Silver Age stories and there's clearly some flying by the seat of the pants going on. But if it was intentional to do both in the same issue, it's kind of brilliant. So Prody is never a member of the Legion of Superheroes, even though he is a sentient being. Correct. What's our Legion Pro- count at the end of this episode? At the end of this issue with a dead lightning lad, we have 19 active Legionnaires. And since Lightning Last joins at the end of this issue, six of them, or eight if you count Triplicate Girl, are actually women, which is basically a one, in, that's a one in three count right there. Mm-hmm. So if you think about six out of 19 or eight out of 21, depending on you know how you want to count, mm-hmm. that's actually kind of impressive. I mean, the Fantastic Four had one female character forever. There's always one member of the justice league, one female member of the justice society. Mm -hmm. You look at these future stories and you're kind of like, wow, there, I mean, from one perspective, that's an awful lot of female representation, especially when you look at the size of the team. Yes, I would agree. And the other thing is they, they are not always portrayed as, the girls of the 1950s and 60s have been portrayed as we've talked before about right. how Supergirl is kind of like whiny and mopey and timid and I don't want to, you know, get in anyone's way kind of stuff. These right. are girls that are ready to punch you in the face if that's what needs to happen or they are willing to sacrifice themselves or they are willing to, you know, go on a on a date with you if that's what it means to save the universe. It's almost like by having more than one female character, they were forced to write more than one female character. But that being said, (laughs) that being said, Matthew, even though we have six to eight female members of the Legion of Superheroes, doesn't mean that they all have to be in the story at the same time. 
which is what has happened, unfortunately, in these right. stories. And this is something that did bother me about the final panel of this issue. When they're inducting Lightning Last, the only Legionnaires shown present are Triplicate Girl, Saturn Girl, and Shrinking Violet. So not only is it all girls, it's not even all of the girls. Right, right. You, you kind of have this feel like, well, yeah, here's whoever we could find. Welcome to the team. <laughs> yeah. Your room's in the red fin on the left. Yeah, yeah. Matthew, we've come to the end of a very fun run of the Legion Clubhouse. We've hit our 10 issues that were kindly uh, supported to us by one of our, our favorite listeners out there. And um, I think we've learned a lot. I think we've really learned that Legion of Superheroes, since their induction, have always been very, very progressive. Yeah, especially for the time frame. If you look at what these characters do and more importantly, what the themes of their stories are, you're getting things that are far beyond your average 1961, 1962 comic book story. Mm -hmm. The other thing too is, and I'm glad that we hit the adventure comics run right yes. in the kind of the midpoint of this series, because as I've said early on, the, the Legion were these MacGuffin characters that would show up to aid or hinder or give Superman or Supergirl something to do here. They're on their own by the time we hit adventure comics and maybe save for just a few appearances here and there. This pretty much is the Legion of Superheroes until they get their own title. Adventure Comics is their home. Yeah, they actually do. At one point, they switch briefly to action. But eventually, and this is interesting, they take over Superboy's title. Mm -hmm. Superboy and the Legion becomes a thing. And within 20 issues, it's no longer Superboy and the Legion. It's just Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, I like that a lot. So. Good on you, Legion of Superheroes, and thank you, listeners, for joining us for this 10-issue run. Will we be back for another run? That's kind of up to you. Check us out at patreon.com slash majorspoilers. We'd love to see these adventures continue and talk with you more about the growing, evolving nature of the Legion of Superheroes and their role in society at the time. And we can make it happen with your help. So until next time, I'm Keep Hope Alive, man. And I'm the Cliffhanger Kid. The Legion Clubhouse is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC, and is produced by Steven Schleicher. Your hosts were Matthew Peterson and Steven Schleicher. You can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra and Steven at Major Spoilers. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Legion Clubhouse. If you have questions or comments, send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. I'm Jason Inman. Until next time, eat it, Grandpa. This podcast is copyright 2017 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.